Maddie, go for it. Three, two, one. There we go. Let's we go. Third time's a charm. Yeah, goodbye, Evan. I'm replacing you. <laughs> <laughs>
so sad. I would eat that. Not anymore, but I have. <laughs> I I Jenny's like, that's also my lunch. And I'll excuse myself. Goodbye. <laughs> like, I grew up working in, like, Mexican restaurants. So we would always yeah. do, like, tortillas and cheese. And I I mean, I absolutely eat quesadillas at least three yeah. times a week. So I'm not one to judge. But That's amazing. That's really funny. Yeah, you just um, get commitment. So Google has the best facilities. Google has, I would say, the best food. They also, in all of their new offices, try to do something really cool. So in the Seattle office, there was a jellyfish wall that was actually installed by the Seattle Aquarium. And it's just all these neon jellyfish. That's amazing. Yeah, it's right by the meditation and mindfulness room. Really? I sound like the worst type of person when I'm saying They have a meditation and mindfulness room? Yeah, and it has like trees inside and hammocks like and you're like allowed to just like take a break and go in there yeah like there's also nap rooms they're like queen size beds it's all dark you can't talk you can't bring any tech in there what yeah (laughs) and they i mean you would they had to make it a thing that like you can't sleep here like you need to have your own home you need to go home because people would literally like shower (laughs) in the locker yeah but i mean like a time limit that you can be in there (laughs) yeah i don't know what the technical rules are i never push the boundaries personally (laughs) but it is like there's a gym you know sauna locker room i can't imagine working at a place that like oh it has i've never experienced anything like i know that, so. and then the most interesting thing is everyone not everyone a lot of people inside are like so entitled and are like you know why don't we get more free days off and like <laughs> my free whatever and like this person had a baby so they get a bonus but like i have a dog why don't i get a bonus really? and it's like they're asking these questions like of mark you know like zuckerberg and sundar in like public <laughs> settings and you're like oh my god like you get have a, a meditation grip. room yeah you have a meditation room i guess maybe the pandemic people are really missing some of their perks but that's probably oh, true yeah, yeah. That's it's, t- it's really hard okay guys it's really hard out there. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh what job did you have specifically when you were there i did special projects and programs for mm-hmm. a senior leadership which is you just kind of do whatever they need you to do basically whatever the dumpster fire du jour is you just kind of get thrown on that for a half oh, and then high stress very high stress lots of like we need to fix this okay you got it into a good enough place now this is the problem go and do this and just flexing around which Super cool, right? You get to learn a lot problem about the various solving, yeah. Yeah, problems. So you use the meditation room a lot. <laughs> I actually never went into the meditation room. I clearly should have been prescribed time in the meditation room. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting and you learn a lot about the different areas of the business. That's really crazy. So on that note, is there like when you're dealing with all those like high pressure situations, what do you do if you're not if you're not using the meditation room? What did you do to like deal with the pressures of big techs life yeah life in general yeah. yeah it's definitely a very high stress environment in a way that's different i think than a lot of other industries because there is ostensibly this focus on work-life balance and we have a meditation room and we have a gym and you're encouraged to go to them during the day and there's free hit classes during lunch right and so all of those things are super nice but on the flip side you're evaluated on the impact that you're making on the company Mm -hmm. and you're competing against some of the smartest brightest people in Mm -hmm. the world that are the most motivated working on really important issues Um, and so it ends up being an incredibly high stress environment with this weird dichotomy of like but you shouldn't be stressed because you have have free food in a meditation room um, which is chaos so for me I did not handle it well I actually over the past year have done like a huge life reboot I would say I mean I left big tech went full-time into web3 not that that was you know slower moving (laughs) no (laughs) yeah Um, but that was just like shifting that mindset for me was so important. I feel like I have grown up always chasing that next gold star, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, 
I went to Cornell and I got great grades and I worked full time while I was there and I ran a multi-million dollar business while I was there and then I went to Google and then I went to Facebook and you get promoted and you're just running on the hamster wheel Mm -hmm. collecting these stickers for what? what? Yeah, Yeah, you know. You like wake up one day and you're like, what? Where am I? What is right? What is life still right Right. now? And you know, you see those Instagram posts and memes that are like, if you died, your family would be sad forever and your job would replace you in one month. Yeah, and that's. Crazy to think about, Mm -hmm. right? And I felt so valued at all of these companies. I used to joke that if I were, you know, like taken hostage in a foreign nation, Mark would probably be more likely to get me out as a Facebook employee than the US government. (laughs) And I think that that's true, especially with what we've seen lately. Um, So I felt very cared for, but it's also like you're not building your own business, you're not building your own brand, you're not an owner. And even though you act like an owner and you are killing yourself, for the work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. it's not yours. Mm -hmm. And you're shifted around constantly. And if you're flexible and you're a high performer, you end up doing even more work. Mm -hmm. It's like, I always joke and say that if you're, when you're younger and you do the dishes really well, then your parents like always ask you to do the dishes, you you know? Right, and that was my experience at at like the tech You can handle a lot, so we'll just give you a lot to handle. Exactly. we can see that you can take it. Just keep it going. Mm -hmm. So how, going back to how you handled it. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Evan, I won't be replacing you. I'm clearly a terrible guest. That's all right. Evan just has one-liners and dad jokes, and that's about it. <laughs> Other than that, he is playing to his strengths. Okay, yeah. there is a role, <laughs> and he is it. fulfilling he it. it. Yeah. Um, I was not handling it well. I actually was like having serious health issues. Was going to my doctors, and they're like, "We don't know what's wrong with you." I was losing my hair. I was having headaches constantly, like such bad digestive issues. Just really couldn't sleep. Um, quit my job and was like, I really need to focus on myself. I need to work out every day. I need to move my body. Mm -hmm. I need to be active. I need to find things that I actually find joy in and Mm -hmm. make them an integral part of my life. Um, So now I do 15 minutes of yoga every day when I wake up. I work out every day, except for this morning. And that really just (laughs) set off my entire day. It was bad. Um, As we talked about, my oatmeal broke. It's just, you know, how it happens. It's one of those mornings. That's normal. You just can't win. Um, And then the other thing that I think is really important for me is finding time with friends and with other people. Mm -hmm. Because I think especially during the pandemic, we spent so much time by ourselves. So much time. Which is good, right? Like we should be able to be by Mm -hmm. ourselves with our thoughts. Really. Very like huge growing experience when you allow yourself to just sit and be alone and not right. trying to be like out being around people all the time like if you can understand how to just be with yourself that's like yeah one totally the battle, yeah there was a study not recently but that i read recently where human like adult humans in the u.s were asked to either sit by themselves with their thoughts nothing to stimulate them in a room or they could zap themselves and decrease 15 minutes off of their time did everyone just zap themselves? Every single person. Yeah. There was like 6% of people didn't zap themselves. How long were they, the people required to I think sit? they were sitting there for like an hour. And then every time they zapped themselves, literally like electrocuted themselves, they would take 15 minutes off of their time. What? That's, That's like nuts. a perfect hour to yourself. Just to I know. Just he to would like, for like, sure sit. Oh, I love that. I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's right. And so it was so interesting for me reading that of if I, you know, right now I could absolutely sit for, by myself mm-hmm. in a room for an hour. But a year ago, probably not. I would have zapped the shit out of myself. You know, I would have <laughs> like, get me this. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that it's just a different phase of life. And yeah. your comfort with sitting by yourself and being with your thoughts is not something a lot of people, people are, are afraid to. of their own thoughts. And like that's why they won't won't do it because right. when you have to deal with yourself, it can kind of get a little scary for people. Yeah, doing some real reflection is hard, mm-hmm. and people don't want to do that. No. So one tip for 
the person in the corporate world that's feeling that anxiety, that's feeling that confusion, just what would you say? Yeah, I think, and I've said this a lot to some of the like young women that I mentor and that I talk to that are going into big tech is, you know, your first six months in there, you'll see how many times your priorities are changed by leadership. And it's good to be flexible, right? That's how you keep your sanity and that's how you do well. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to recognize how often your priorities change so you don't put too much of yourself into what you're doing, right? It's very easy to see your VP come to you and say, this is the most important thing you could possibly be doing. And you drive yourself like to the bone trying to get that done. And then three months later, somebody completely changes their mind or it's a new leader or whatever. And so I think having that flexibility is great, but making sure that you maintain your awareness of why you're being flexible Mm -hmm. and not like investing and over investing specifically. That's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Thanks, guys. I didn't ever think of it that way. <laughs> because so, you can get well, you so angry. Yeah. both sides in order to yeah. come out of it and see right. the light. Yep. So from light. big tech, then you... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm replacing the trying, dad jokes because Evan's that. gone, so... <laughs> yeah, I think you are. <laughs> so you went from big tech and then you made the jump into Web3. How did that transition happen? Absolute chaos. Lots of wine. <laughs> Just kidding. Absolute <laughs> chaos. Um, I was working on turbocharging our women in product organization at Facebook or Meta at the time, and then started our women in Web3 organization. And this was like around the time when Facebook changed its name to Meta, and that was a big thing. And I was talking to so many women leaders in the company and people like women of all levels, really, and jobs, saying this is clearly a high priority strategic investment from the company company. What do you know about the metaverse? Are you comfortable with Web3? And everyone I talked to was like, it's the dark web, you know, like it's way too much for me. I can't even consider that right now. And I had this moment where I was like, we are all so screwed. If these super influential early adopters in tech that are leading products that have multiple billions of users Mm -hmm. can't get on board and feel comfortable in this space, like there's no hope for the average 26 year old that ends up in digital marketing and needs to learn about web three, right? There's yeah. just no hope. So I ended up getting involved in a community called crypto chicks, basically just kind of raised my hand to say like, we could do this better, or this is a lot easier if you do it this way. Um, joined the team. And then in February and March ended up taking over the project, leading it as COO, um, basically for the past nine months. Yeah. Oh, thanks that. guys. Um, were, were you familiar in the, with the crypto space or with Web3, with everything prior to going into working with crypto? Chips? A bit, yeah. So um, my a lot of my really good friends at Cornell were in the engineering school okay. and they had a professor named Eamon Gunsir who EGS, he founded Avalanche, the Avalanche oh, okay. chain mm-hmm. protocol, Ava Labs. He's, okay, cool. Um, and so he was doing that while he was at Cornell as a professor and just talking about crypto all the time. You know, like their intro to Python class or like their deep ML class, like he's talking to them about crypto and mm-hmm. everything that they're doing. And he was on CNN all the time. It was during like that Bitcoin run up. Um, what year was this? 2016. Okay. And so from that, everyone was just like talking about Bitcoin and talking about crypto. And obviously, I wish I had not sold any of my Bitcoin and that would have been great. Um, you know, people were using it for like fake IDs. And so it really was a very different ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But I think because, you know, we'd gotten our feet wet at that time, it was a lot easier to kind of keep up with the innovations and the pace of the space. Um, and then one of my friends was talking about board Apes at a we were out sitting by a park, like having a nice time. 
and they would not stop talking about JPEGs. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is crazy. And started reading up more on it. And I was like, I think that there's some real opportunity here for the base technical infrastructure Mm -hmm. to actually modernize the way that, I mean, most businesses run their tech stack. Um, So yeah, and that's what happened. Just got into it and never got out. (laughs) Now you're here. (laughs) So you got in and you were able to kind of like, work your way up so to speak or there it's just very fast maddie it's i mean i think the nice thing about web3 is it's very much like if you raise your hand and you Mm -hmm. can do something valuable Mm -hmm. you are an owner in a lot of ways in the projects that you're investing in or the protocols that you're investing in and so just volunteering your time to help out goes a long way Um, It's also such a nascent space where they really need people from Mm -hmm. all walks of life. I mean, like you guys know this to come in, like whether you're creative or you're in an ops background, project managers, designers, PR, anything that you do in the normal world is like so sorely needed in the Web3 space. And so for me, it really was just helping with program and project management. And then the right time came and it just made sense for the community for us to be in charge, bring it was originally a, a project based in Russia and bring it over to the U.S. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, really cool. yeah, it was a great time. And then you meet incredible people mm-hmm. along the way and you just kind of learn. And I think everyone is so humble in the space about it being so early, not really knowing exactly what next year or three years or five years, 10 years will look like. Um, so everyone's just kind of along like for the ride. It a little bit, yeah. Yeah. That's something we've talked to about a little bit like offline before when I was telling you I have like this imposter syndrome mm-hmm. with my role in Web3 because I'm like a fashion girl. I came yeah. from creative agency and now I'm working at a Web3 company and I feel like I don't belong here sometimes because I'm, I told you I'm not techie, but your response was so good because it was um, like, you don't need to be techie to be in Web3. So if you had like one key piece of advice for women or anyone who's afraid to like make the jump into web3 because they feel like they don't understand the space or can't figure it out what would your advice be for people looking at it in trying to get into it yeah i mean i think especially in in your situation there are so many people that are techie right like we don't need any more of those (laughs) there are more than enough like technical men in this space building and Mm -hmm. doing things but in order for it to be accessible and exciting for the normal people we need individuals particularly women with different backgrounds to come in and really make the space you know, exciting for people Mm -hmm. to hang out in. Um, And so my tip is always like, just, it doesn't need to be your personality. You don't need to make this your thing. Mm -hmm. You can just test it out, right? And it's so exciting because if you go to these in-person events Mm -hmm. and you say, I'm new to this space, I'm just learning, every single person there. They always want to. They're so nice, right? They're so nice and all, everyone who's in this space wants to bring more people into Mm -hmm. the space. That's like their life goal and their mission and their passion. So if you go and you very easily identify yourself as I'm new to this space, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about, I'm just here to learn, you'll be the most popular person at this like happy hour or whatever you're going to. So I think there's this artificial barrier of friction for people to get involved where they're like, I don't know enough, so I'm not gonna go to this thing. But by going to whatever event, whether it's in real life or virtually, you just end up having so many people Mm -hmm. surrounding you and it's like gateway. It's a very supportive community and people like really will go out of their way to teach you and help guide you if you ask if you ask for help. Yep, absolutely. And there's so many IRL events like in Venice or in Santa Monica totally. like happening like every week. Every single week and yeah. everywhere too. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous, but if you go on Google and you just search like Web3 Meetup, Web3 Happy yeah. Hour, 
metaverse happy hour. There's yeah. so many things that are going on. Plus, there's a lot of money being thrown in this space right now from advertisers and major companies that are hosting like super cool events. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you guys going to Art Basel? Um, people on my team are. I am not going. Oh, sad. I know. I haven't Jeremy. gone yet. I might. I don't know. We'll see. Sad. Okay. Some well, friends are, yeah. maybe you should just like rogue book a trip and we can I all know. go. But I mean, all of those events are so it's much fun. It, yeah. yeah. Culture in fun. Miami versus LA for crypto. Have you seen a difference? Very different. Um, Miami is uh, more like crypto, crypto centric, mm-hmm. and they're focused more on, I would say, like the financial aspects of it and powering the city versus in LA especially in Santa Monica, it's more broader Web3 and it's about like building and mm-hmm. everyone has like their new business that they're building on the blockchain, um, at least in terms of the happy hours that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. And in New York? <laughs> <laughs> it does not exist. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no idea. Every time I go to New York, it is like so chaotic. I'm not a New York person. I have no idea if there's, I mean, I'm sure there are pockets, but mm-hmm. I think it's far less discoverable and far less of a focus than it is here, probably because of the prevalence of the traditional financial markets. I mean, you could, you know, volunteer as tribute, move to New York. NYC, NFT, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's different though, because that yeah. takes over the yeah, whole it's neighborhood. Like the entire yeah. City. But... Like all of Times Square was NFT NYC. I mean, yeah. Times Square is like already a hellhole, and yeah. to have <laughs> NFT <laughs> NYC on. <laughs> oh, that's so it true. Was nuts. So navigating our current situation. In a bear market. Oh, yeah. Bear, bear. Bear, bear market. <laughs> Double bear. bear. Market. Yeah. Um, how has that been? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, they're like, this is the worst week in crypto since, you know, <laughs> it really it's been is, created. Yeah. yeah. So um, every single week, there's something heinous that happens. I think this week specifically was this week heinous. was really bad. Should I explain yeah. that in case yeah. you want? Because I feel like our. our Viewers probably don't know what we're talking about. Okay, I will explain this in like the simplest terms possible. Um, Obviously, crypto is a, there's a lot of eyes on this space, but there's not a lot of regulation. And so people are very concerned about what that will look like. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of influential players in the space who've chosen to get closer to regulators, Congress, people in DC for the sake of making sure that the regulation that comes out is smart, Mm -hmm. makes sense, actually works, right? I mean, we, I don't know if you remember, but when Mark was testifying in front of Congress, there was that whole like tubes of the internet situation. And they were like, if I see chocolate and then I see it again on my ads, what happens? And I was like, these people cannot be writing laws. Like, this is so bad. So if they can't, if there, if there are people in DC that are influencing this, you know, very important regulations in this deeply technical space, and they can't even understand the current version of the internet, they're not going to be able to understand and effectively regulate this next version of technical innovation. So lots of people have been trying to fix that. One of them is the leader of FTX, which is a centralized exchange. So he is, or he was the leader. Was. He actually (laughs) stepped down today. Savage of you to do that. I hope he sees this. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, was. He is now the leader? Is that rip? No, he's not. Okay. He, okay. So um, the leader of FTX was constantly in close communication with regulators. People were starting to be like, he's a little bit too buddy-buddy. But he was always saying like, our books are clean. We're the most responsible centralized exchange. We're the ones who are handling this properly. Because over the past couple of months, we've seen tons of financial companies, let's mm-hmm. call them, 
collapse yep. in on themselves because they're over leveraged and it was like a domino situation where one had lended to another one which had lended to another one which had, and they couldn't pay it back mm-hmm. um which gets very complicated and then everybody just collapses in on themselves and now everyone is bankrupt <laughs> so i get emails from all of those exchanges being like here is how our bankruptcy proceedings oh, are going good it's bad and um, there's potentially more to come and yeah. there is more to come so uh, this FTX individual who was very close with the regulators and had been saying that their books are clean, they're not over leveraged, they're not lending, had actually over leveraged and lended specifically using his own token called FTT. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that imploded upon itself. Binance, which is another centralized exchange who also has been saying that their books are completely clean, but everyone actually does believe that one. Um, uh. <laughs> I sound like a conspiracy theorist. I was saying this to my parents and they were like, She's gone. (laughs) Um, Binance was going to buy FTX and bail them out, basically, and say, like, we will absorb. We'll make sure that everything gets sorted out. That's where CZ came in and was going to take it up. He looked at their books and was like, we're not doing this anymore. So now Binance is not buying them out. FTX has filed for bankruptcy and their leader has stepped down. And it's supposed to be like $60 billion or something crazy. They're the third largest crypto exchange, centralized crypto exchange. What a week. What a week. There are so many people also who had their entire, I mean, you should not do this, their entire life savings in FTX, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were using that functionally as their new bank account, um, which is very concerning. You should not do that. There's no regulation over the space. Most people don't know what they're doing. You should diversify your portfolio just like you wouldn't put your entire life savings into a single stock right? um, or in a single bank account, right? Like you shouldn't for the same reason, mm-hmm. do that with crypto. It's just another asset class. So this brings up an inter- interesting question. What would you say to the people that have had six and seven figures and now have zero? <laughs> you started from the bottom one time, <laughs> you can do it again. Well, it's a really funny, I, I saw a tweet the other day. It's like, literally crypto is the only space where <laughs> you can be a millionaire and go to zero and like laugh it off or like shrug it off because it's fun money i mean people are treating it like it's monopoly money but it's also like it's it's not monopoly money i don't know how i would i don't think i'd bounce back like that but i absolutely <laughs> would not bounce back like that i lose like one thousand dollars and i'm like yeah sad. I'm, just, I'm screwed yeah it's tough I don't, I don't, there's yeah, also we don't want to talk about yeah was, there's a let's not discuss right yeah. now that i don't want to talk about but it's somewhere along the lines of that question yeah okay yeah i mean gone through it I, a lot of people, the good news is you could form a great support group right Absolutely. now. <laughs> yeah. Great there support. are so many people who yeah. would join. Can you, <laughs> so can popular. You, we'll put it at the bottom of this episode. Yeah. yeah we'll make a link. Join. Yeah. yeah. Or I can just head that, that I'll head the leadership. Of yeah. That I think that sounds great. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll need it. Um, yeah. Things are tough. So Godspeed. <laughs> oh my God. That's, yeah. So you have... You're working with crypto chicks, yeah, and you're now also starting another venture yeah. in in is this more Web two? Yeah, traditional brand space. So, um, through crypto chicks in Web three, I think one of the nice things is everyone just wants to meet everyone, mm-hmm. and everyone's yeah. so excited to do anything. Mm-hmm. Web two brands, especially, it's been really easy to get in connection with them because they don't have Web three presence, so they're always looking to connect with. And it's so important Mm -hmm. for them, right? And I think the interesting thing about this is we see huge brands like LVMH and Gucci, they have the funds and the resources to be able to start up a whole line of their Mm -hmm. business dedicated to Web3. Like 
you know, Gucci hired a CEO for yeah. Vault and Metaverse, and that makes sense, right? They can do that. But any brand that's like on the left side of the curve doesn't have the resources or the capacity to do that. And they recognize that they should build in this space with a Web3 native partner, which mm-hmm. is probably why probably nothing has mm-hmm. been had such an easy time yep. finding partners. Um, so through PR firms, Michelle Cordero Grant and I were connected. Um, Michelle previously built Lively, which is a bra and underwear athleisure or leisurely brand um, from the ground up and then sold it, was incredibly successful. And now she's going to do that again, but in the energy and beverage space. Um, so we were connected through Web3. She kind of has this Web3 branch of things going on and this traditional CPG branch going on. And we just love working together. And so I'm going to be joining her full time. We're like deciding on the labels right now, making oh, sure fun. that everything goes so to production. Like at the ground up building this new yeah. brand. What we is- don't have a website. We just finalized our splash page design. That's so fun. The first production line of the cans is happening next week. Samples That's came cool. today. Yeah, Can you tell great. us what it's called? Yeah, it's called Gorgi, G-O-R-G-I-E, like gorgeous. Like the whole idea is energy your way. It can be Monday morning motivation, like 3 p.m. pick-me-ups, Saturday night dance parties. There just are not energy drinks that are actually built for women by women. Mm -hmm. And it's very different than like the Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks. So the cans are like super cute, what you'd want to carry around. They have biotin, BCAA. B6, B12, L-theanine, all inside. All of the stuff that we otherwise would take separately. Mm -hmm. I take 27 supplements. Yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) The amount of pills and supplements that I have to carry around, like powders, whenever I go anywhere, like I'm concerned that I'm going to get flagged at TSA because of all of this. Um, It's hard to be a girl, okay? I don't do anything with TSA. (laughs) No TSA. Never gotten around TSA. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so I think it's going to be really exciting and it's super cool to get to see what it's like to build a brand from Mm. the ground up, particularly one that's near and dear to my heart. Like I'm so excited to use the products. I've tasted probably every single energy drink at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Air One. Yeah. Yeah, Everywhere. And I don't like any of them. No, I mean. I mean, some of them are pretty good, but this one's the best. I'm excited to try it. So when you you get them, you'll let us know. Yeah. We can have a little party. I was saying earlier. Yeah, just a little drink um, that it's not only the energy drink for like when you would get coffee, but instead I've started making what I say are like the best vodka Red Bulls ever, (laughs) but it's watermelon gorgy and then tequila, lime. That sounds delicious. It's so good. It is Friday, so... You know, yeah, it's like an energy drink margarita, basically. Yeah, I'm down for love it. One of those life changing. All right, how would you translate that to Web three? Oh, great question. So one of the things that Michelle did really well with Lively was built this community from the ground up. So mm-hmm. there was like no paid advertising. It wasn't influencers. It was normal people, normal women wearing the product and uh, loving it through Discord. So this was for her old brand. So this was like on traditional socials. This was in like 2016 and 2017. Um, And now what we're doing is we're building in a really like high integration component of community where the community that we have on Geneva, Instagram, not through Discord, um, Twitter, TikTok are choosing like what type of products do you want? Do you want it in an energy drink form that's in a can? Do you want it as a powder? What flavors do you want? What colors resonate? Like what visuals? What do you want to name it, right? And so people are submitting names and then getting the names that they submit to actually be on an energy drink. That's really cool. And we're featuring all of these girls like on the cans, on the website. And so it really gets 
you know, it, it encourages community-driven really... perspective. Yeah. And then you can actually do super cool things like airdropping people NFTs mm-hmm. as part of their onboarding experience where they then get an NFT that's like their base token and rewards access pass into this community where you can have voting rights or you can earn rewards on chain for things that you're doing associated with an off-chain brand, which I think will be really be cool, cool to see. Really cool. You know, with the integration on Instagram with NFTs, actually on the platform exactly i feel like it'll be cool for brands to start integrating that Mm -hmm. i agree it'll be really interesting to see which brands take advantage of some of this as i mean it's an experimental thing right Mm -hmm. now right but you might as well try and if it doesn't work then you move on to something else but if you miss the boat that's a very high opportunity cost um, I'll send so some. Going back to crypto chicks, are you still? I, I just oh yeah, no, great NFT. question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about the <laughs> this NFT. is my personality trait now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, is there a focus that you guys are going in a certain direction right yeah. now? Yeah. So Michelle's actually come on as an advisor for crypto chicks. Okay. Um, we're going through and doing a restructuring to try to withstand the bear market obviously like sustainability in the long term is such a high priority Mm -hmm. um and so we're kind of going through an acquisition with where people can infuse some working capital and we can bring um people who have a little bit like a farther reach like within web3 and outside Mm -hmm. of web3 on as integral owners of the business which will be really cool and are you seeing this as a trend for a lot of the other companies as well totally so many projects are going through mergers acquisitions i think everyone was kind of trying to go it alone for a while Mm -hmm. and i've always been a fan The thing that I say all the time is all ships rise with the tide, right? And so I'm collaboration over competition. The more people can work together, the farther we'll we'll all go. Um, So I'm really excited to see that people are taking a much more collaborative approach in the space now. I'm a big fan of collaboration too. I've always worked on collaborations. I've just like heard this the other day, but like there's space for everyone. So everyone can jump on board and work together. I don't think that anyone needs to cut each other out by working alone that just doesn't work anymore right i agree i mean you guys do such a great job with all of your partnerships we try <laughs> it's all you <laughs> we're also doing a full like um not a full rebrand but like with Ooh, this exciting. time we're doing like a because re- we launched probably nothing um in december of last year mm-hmm. so we're almost hitting our year mark and the space has changed dramatically so since much. then so the brand has to change with the space so we are in the process of just like a little rebrand we're gonna go like fine-tune everything and relaunch some things make it a little little more edgy oh i love it cool. yeah got some alpha for everyone <laughs> <laughs> well we were heavy education before and we we're still educational but the space is re- really small and the people that are in it really know the space so yeah. our thought process is now to why not make the brand just a cool culture brand and mm-hmm. draw people in that way because when you look at a brand and it's just straight educational it's kind of a turn off and people are not like excited to be involved but if you have a cool culture brand like a hype beast mm-hmm. like they have such a cult following because they're just a cool brand and then you follow everything they do so that's kind of the direction we're we're shifting towards totally i mean if you look at somebody's journey in the space if you only meet them in that first phase of their journey then they'll drop off right Mm -hmm. and so you need things that'll support people coming back consistently Mm -hmm. so i think that'll be really great plus you have such a good vibe and energy over there that yeah we have fun yeah everyone's i mean we've all known each other for so so long so it's like a little 
weird family. I love it. Cool. So you'll start your support group and then you'll do. <laughs> so you guys, you guys will just start feeding them into exactly shift them all that way. And then yeah. once we're in the bear or the bull market, then we can you'll be the most one. popular person. Yeah, you yeah. Will. And then bear market, I'll take the, the take the L. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. um, so what are you guys doing to transition more women into this space? It's a lot tougher for, I feel like, women to take, like grasp what's going on. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think there are a lot of organizations and projects that are focused on that onboarding piece, right? And it's like traditional learning and development, building out an e-learning curriculum to help people get into the space. And I think that's great, right? I think there are a lot of people that are super committed and want to go through a, you know, you sit for an hour every day for a week to learn about this. Mm-hmm. I think there are also a ton of people who don't need to know the ins and outs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea how my phone works, yeah. right? But like I use it yeah. and I don't understand how Spotify, actually I do understand how Spotify <laughs> works, but just because I worked, theory, at, I worked at Google Cloud, so I do know that. But a lot of people don't understand like how your music actually yeah, gets pulled from it, right? It doesn't, works, and I you don't need, need to, to nope. you use it, right? Yeah. And so I think in the future, there's going to be this situation where you're constantly interacting with NFTs. You don't even know that it's an NFT. It's yeah. just like a, you don't say I'm going to go watch a .mov file, right? Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't work that way. But the experience is what matters. Mm-hmm. And so I think for where we're sitting at least is kind of taking this macro approach of you need to make the space accessible and you need to make it exciting. So you need them to have an easy time joining and you need them to want to stay around. And by bringing more traditional brands into the space, you know, brand names that people know and love, you'll end up creating these super cool moments and experiences that people who could not have cared less about crypto or NFTs want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And so they'll learn about a wallet. They'll figure out how to, you know, take USD and transition it into crypto. They'll mm-hmm. figure out how to buy an NFT or they'll get airdropped an NFT, right? And so those experiences are so critical for them to understand and kind of get integrated into this space without feeling like they need to go back and like get their masters in Web3. So what we're focused on is creating a really easy playbook and kind of value incubation lab space for brands to test it out because we talk to so many people in digital strategy, marketing, like female CEOs and founders of their own brands who say, I would love to do something. I don't know what. And what mm-hmm. should be fun and exciting is now becoming intimidating and overwhelming. Yeah, it becomes daunting when you like don't have any clue where to start. Right, and what to do. And it doesn't need to be that way. Like Everybody says, well, I don't have the engineering capacity. You don't need to have any engineers yeah. dedicated to this. There are so many super cool products. Like Novel is a great product that has features for helping DTC brands access Web3. You don't need to have these like very deep technical engineers on your team supporting all of the work that you're doing. You can find a partner community and find these products you can partner with and make it pretty easy. But the barrier is still like pretty high for people figuring mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. So we're trying to remove some of that friction, bring more brands into the space, create these really cool moments. Um, and then through that, you'll end up having a bunch of onboarding that happens, particularly yeah. with women consumers and underrepresented groups is the theory. Yeah, that's really cool. I've heard this um, this comment a lot in just in the web three space where they I mean the deep D gens mm-hmm. are weary and not excited totally. about web two brands coming in the space or celebrities coming I hear it the all space. the time. And our I mean our thought process is if we want mass adoption they have to be involved, yep. right? So how do you handle that since you work with so many do you get a lot of criticism in that realm Totally. Or? That's like one of the biggest pieces of feedback probably that we get. 
um, is this is like corporate America's taking over, you know, and like you're selling out to mm-hmm. web too, which I think everyone needs to just get over. Yeah. And so I don't, you know, I'm happy to talk through it with anybody and understand like what their concerns are. And when you really get down to the rooted motivations for people in making those comments, it's coming from a place of fear mm-hmm. where they didn't have their space. They weren't able to be successful or they were like pushed out of something in the web two sphere and they found web three felt like it was their home felt like they were early and so there's this like animosity towards something that has previously burned you coming into a space that has been your home maybe they feel like it's gonna come in and take it away from them exactly Mm -hmm. and so once you kind of help them understand how this is actually a benefit and like they're still owners they're still the builders they're still the people that are here early they actually can be educators and first movers in this space you're usually able to get over that a little bit but at the end of the day you also kind of have to think about the macro big picture Mm -hmm. and for me you know we have heard so many stories from women that are like I got in because of this NFT drop and this brand talked about it. And then, you know, I opened my crypto wallet and I was in an abusive relationship and I was able to engage online and save enough money without leaving my house to be able to get out of my abusive relationship. Right. And so like stories like that all the time of people doing something that they thought was fun and then it meaningfully changing their life trajectory. Mm -hmm. So if there's somebody who's mad that like you're partnering with a brand and corporate's taking over, I can sleep okay at night knowing that there is <laughs> right. so many other you people know, that you're right like, helping. And the that flip are, side yeah. is still high positive, high value. That's really cool. My perspective, at least. <laughs> I'm probably going to get burned for saying that. Web3 Twitter, my DMs are going to be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a lot of like feedback and criticism from yeah, people? Yeah, I have to turn off notifications on all of like Discord, Twitter, the Web3 apps. Jenny talked about that a yeah. lot. Yeah. When we were launching, um, well, probably nothing at Photosynthesis came out back to back. And um, and before we actually launched the projects, the Discord was like the happiest place in the world. Totally. I was like in there 24-7. I was like, these guys are my best friends. Like yep. I love them so much. And then we launched the two projects and then it was all about like floor price and like crazy. Yeah. Like, and of course, their opinions are substantial. They are buyers in the project, but it just Discord got so toxic, toxic that I like rarely go in there anymore. Not because I don't care about them, but because my my own mental health was suffering so much. That totally, I, like, I can't even risk myself this much to just have conversations with people who don't want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that a lot too, where, you know, the floor price on a crypto chick at one point was like 2.7 ETH and we had nothing to offer besides vibes and everyone was like <laughs> fucking here for it, you know? <laughs> and now the, the bear market is upon us and things are bad and floor price is down and everyone's mad, even though we have like a legitimate value yeah. proposition and things in the pipeline. So it really is just a larger environment so, you know, in, impact on what you're doing. And mm-hmm. it ends up becoming like a symptom of the group almost. It's like discontent yeah. that's ongoing, but it's the same thing where people are behind their keyboard and at least on social media, it's tied to your real identity, right? Like it's your Instagram. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. commenting something spiteful or hateful on a celebrity's post and like, it's your identity. You still feel a level of disconnect because yeah. it's like, you're not standing there saying it to their yeah. face, but on discord and Twitter, especially crypto Twitter, it's anonymous. Yeah. We have no idea. This could be, you could be the yeah. one saying like messed up things or obviously you're not. But Maybe. <laughs> he's I like, you don't know. She pissed me off one day. I made a fake account. <laughs> Burner. Um, Everyone has burners. Right? Yeah. So, and that's the thing, right? It's all of these so anonymous they people. whatever they want because they don't have to be There's identified. There's no pushback for mm-hmm. them. And I mean, when we were doing, we actually were like saving crypto chicks from a pretty bad situation. And my mom was, somebody somehow found my mom's Instagram. 
they messaged my mom dm'd her on instagram and were like your daughter like next time you see her it's gonna be behind bars like fuck her she's going to jail like horrible person blah 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 and my mom called me and was like did you do something (laughs) she had no idea what was going on was she worried or was she like well once I explained it to her she was like don't let them bully you and I was like thanks Margaret I'll I'll keep that in mind Margaret (laughs) but it's nuts you know people are crazy online especially when there's money tied into it it Uh gets which is fair right you are making an investment but also you're an adult you're making an investment yeah I can't go burn down Jeff Bezos house because the Amazon price has gone down yeah it's not how it works (laughs) what are your thoughts on um rug culture we've been talking about this a little bit um like if I started a, a clothing brand and the pieces, it was slow to sell in the mm-hmm. beginning, the p- general public would not come at me and be like, you're a rug. Or if they're not selling, I'm not a rug because my brand isn't popular. But in the NFT space, if it doesn't sell right away, or even if it does too well, you're immediately labeled as a rug or there's something fishy going on. Yeah, for everyone who doesn't know what a rug is. Yeah. I like yeah. when I look at the camera and I do these definitions yeah. of crypto. Johnny's going to have it pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <Rug>. Ding! <laughs> um, a rug basically means that you sold something to somebody and then you're like running away from it. Like you're pulling the rug out from underneath them. And this came about and became something that was of great concern because there were so many people launching NFT projects during the bull run, mm-hmm. you know, accruing millions of dollars and then disappearing because they're anonymous. So we had to do tons of education around like, Make sure that the person and the founder is doxxed. Make sure yeah. you know, who, meaning that their identity is revealed. Yeah. Make sure that you know who they are, that they're a real person, that they're planning on staying, that you trust them. Just like you would do due diligence on any business that you're mm-hmm. investing in, you need to do the same for yeah. a crypto project. Um, so that's how it became popular, but it's been completely taken over. I mean, yep. it's gotten like a mind of its own. Rug culture is yeah. now everything. And so like you're saying, if you don't message publicly for two days, yeah. they're like, it's a rug. Yeah. And so I think part of the problem also is as a business owner, you can look at your business and say, we're downsizing or this isn't a successful like product line. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to pivot to something else. And that's fine. And everyone's okay with that, right? Like if Nike continues, discontinues a specific sneaker. No one bats an eyelash. Yeah. Nobody is like at their doorsteps <laughs> trying like with pitchforks. Yeah. But exactly what you're saying, if you try to pivot or change anything, people assume that it's a rug. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem is there's no exit strategy for NFT project founders or for crypto project founders because your identity has ended up being so important mm-hmm. for the success and legitimacy of the project, you can't leave. You're like an inspirational leader of some sorts and there's no way out. And people think that if you're leaving, it's It's, a failure or a rug. There's something wrong. When in reality, in the normal corporate world, if you sell your startup and you're able to exit it successfully, that's a huge win. Yeah. Like people look to invest in founders who have successfully exited their company. That's like a high signal for investment strategy. And in this space, it's considered to be a bad Mm -hmm. thing. So I think there's just a lot of maturity that needs to happen Mm -hmm. in the ecosystem in order for like thriving, healthy projects to continue to turn over and be built. Otherwise, we're going to see a ton of people who could build successful projects say, I'm not touching this space. It's way too volatile for me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what do you think? A couple (laughs) of things. I don't know if I should talk about about them, but um, uh, I I was going to give the example of Charlie Lee of Litecoin. Yeah. But we don't know what happened with that. But I mean, that's that's, that's a different topic. Um, But it's similar, like the Azuki situation. Oh, yeah. When that happened. So the 
This is like not even what this podcast is supposed to be. About. <laughs> <laughs> Decent crypto humans. So <laughs> yeah, this is like our space. <laughs> <laughs> we need Evan to be here. I would actually like probably bring it back to like whatever. It's fine. This is where it goes. <laughs> but I think it's an interesting like human behavior study almost, mm-hmm. right? Where there was a founder who led a project that was super successful that had a very high price point, and it came out that he had also been involved in founding and running a bunch of projects that like. They'd fulfilled their promises, but they didn't go above and beyond. And then they just kind of like let it peter out and go to the wayside. The thing is like the community can always do more. Like you own Mm -hmm. a bunch of stock in a company, but unlike in the traditional world, you actually are able to drive value for that company with your ownership. So it's kind of like there's a little bit of distributed responsibility that I think people didn't acknowledge at that time. Mm -hmm. But the main concern is like you didn't know this business history when you invested in somebody. And I think that's where it gets a little murky. I think though he's. I mean, the brand is pretty much recovered. Totally. I don't see any any flack coming their way no. recently. But so, how would you to like maybe a new investor uh, help them identify like what projects to invest into? And I think that's probably changed a little bit. But for me, the signals that I would look for is like you should not be looking at new projects that are coming onto the space right now. Their likelihood of success is really low, mm-hmm. and that's sad because mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of really valuable ideas and like useful um, product opportunities that people are bringing into the space. But unless they have significant backing and they themselves have a really strong track record of building successful businesses, they're going to have a really tough time mm-hmm. doing that in a bear market in the crypto space and like a global recession. Yeah. This isn't yeah. just crypto. No. Um, so I would say look at a project that has a strong track record in the space or a builder who has a really strong track record in this space. Make sure that you feel comfortable with their level of identity reveal, right? If you, you maybe don't think that somebody needs to be fully doxxed and that's totally fine but make sure that it's at your comfort level because Mm -hmm. it is a risk like you are taking a risk in investing Um, and then spend a ton of time in the community absorbing the culture following what they're saying on socials because I think that that reveals a lot about people and if they're constantly trying to like hype 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 an empty little bubble it's going to burst yep Um, and so I think just take your time you don't need to rush into all of this there's a lot of hurry up and wait culture that happens in the crypto space which I think we need to get away from Mm. um, so that people are making longer term more strategic investing decisions that's very good advice thanks guys I love it I'm gonna come here every day just so you can tell me that what (laughs) I say is smart Gassed up about yourself, you can just come here and yell at us I love it Um, and you see so many things building right now what do you think there needs to be like where's the void at this moment oh that's a tough one great question yeah i think that um one of the major voids that there are people starting to build in this space is tooling that's like really easy plug and play solutions Mm -hmm. to help bridge the gap between web 2 and web 3 because right now you either need to like know somebody who has deep expertise in the space and like kind of knows what businesses are building what um, or you need to just have like a a ton of money and so I think finding like the Shopify version of the web 3 ecosystem is going to be super important right like Shopify basically made e-commerce possible for millions of businesses that otherwise would not have been able to tap into that innovation and so I think it's going to need to be the same thing here it'll be interesting to see who that ends up being and what it looks like that would be super interesting yes 
Um, the last thing I think I wanted to, we wanted to talk about, you mentioned this off camera, but um, yeah. what's going on with the, the big tech right now? Oh. You have some insights? Tech is crazy. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I obviously still have tons of friends that are in at Google and at Facebook. I mean, honestly, all of the big tech companies, you just, it's the culture that you're in. And so it's the people mm-hmm. that you get to know. Yep. Um, things are absolutely nuts. The tech companies were growing so significantly for so long. And, you know, everyone kind of said that there was a big tech bubble. But what I think people didn't realize is like how much of a bubble it was Mm -hmm. and how much was going to burst when it popped. Mm -hmm. And right now you have companies laying off like tens of thousands of people um, and their stock prices are like red, 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 down, down, down. The stock charts are like really bad to look at. And it's scary for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And especially people who went into big tech thinking these were more stable jobs than working at a startup. Um, they're, I think it's a very like rude awakening for a lot yeah. of people. And it's deeply traumatic and disturbing. And I think it's going to really upset some of the ecosystem. Like we were talking about the jellyfish wall and the free food and the meditation room and the mindfulness. Is if, that all gone? I don't know. <laughs> but if you're going back into the office and you're seeing these things, but then you know that four people on your team got laid off right. and that you now be... are carrying the burden of their work, right? Like their work doesn't go away when they go no. away. It was 11,000 people. Is that what 11,000 people at Facebook this That's week. Insane. Yeah. yeah. I think they're like, fuck the jellyfish wall. Totally. You're like, fuck the jellyfish wall. <laughs> fuck the like fancy chicken. I should not have had breaded chicken and I should have been able to keep my product market manager that's what should have happened um i also think that a lot of these tech companies for example when coinbase did their layoffs they were the first ones who did it Mm -hmm. and so they got a lot of flack Mm -hmm. also the way that they did that was by sending an email to people so you woke up you got an email the managers didn't even know right and so like one of my friends is a manager at coinbase and their reports were texting them like hey i got this email i can't log into anything what's going on and the manager's Mm -hmm. like if I had to cut headcount, this would have been the last person. Like if you gave me a budget number that I needed to hit, this is not the person that I would have cut. And then other tech companies are following suit of like, do you do it based on tenure? Do you do it by performance? How do you wait and make the decisions yeah. in a way that's also like legal, right? There are so many ramifications here if this is done mm-hmm. poorly. Um, and it's like gotten super chaotic where some meetings are public that shouldn't be public. And so people can see other people's calendars oh, wow. of what's going on. And I think the productivity levels have just been super, super low because that's all anyone can focus on. Mm-hmm. Whether you're getting laid off or you're still in there, it's so demotivating yeah. and deeply upsetting. Yeah. Just, even if you're still around, you're just waiting for the, sh- the other shoe to drop until right. it's your turn. Like, am I getting reorged? Is mm-hmm. my manager changing? Like, do my perks go away? Do I now not have health insurance? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are things that are like probably not going to happen, right? There will always be health insurance benefits, but Facebook has baby bucks where whenever you have a baby, you get like $5,000 to spend on whatever you want for your baby. That's really mm-hmm. nice. Super nice. So it's like all these really fun perks That's like that. Gone. Probably <laughs> gone. I don't know, mm-hmm. but how do you, the entire work culture has shifted from stability, resourcing, capacity, you know, like mindfulness on your work-life balance, nice perks that keep you there. To just stress and chaos the and exact, uncertainty. Right, opposite side of the coin mm-hmm. for every single part of that. So it'll be very interesting to see how tech ends up building back from that. That wow. is intense. Yeah, no more jellyfish wall probably. Wow. Oh, man. I don't know. They got sent back to the aquarium maybe. <laughs> yeah, where do they go? <laughs> They had Seattle. (laughs) Honestly, I thought about that a lot. There was actually, 
during COVID, when COVID first started <laughs> happening, there were so many internal questions of like, who is taking care of the jellyfish? Oh like, my gosh. Do you think that? I mean, yeah. Oh, they had somebody from the aquarium. They asked. They just during, come in. There are things called Hopefully like. Hopefully that person didn't get laid off. Yeah. yeah they have Q&A or TGIF at, at Google. Q&A is at Facebook where it's like the very senior leadership takes questions from the company and it's like done live on live stream or in person. You can go do it. And one of the top voted questions like during the first couple of weeks of COVID was like, who the fuck is taking care of these jellyfish? <laughs> <laughs> like this is a high priority need oh um but it was somebody from the aquarium i have like a video okay. i can show it to you it's, it's super I'm cool have that on the screen yeah it's super cool they're like little little guys oh my gosh yeah um my last question is um okay so we saw the internet bubble right back yeah. in the 2000s in comparison to web 3 where do you think we are on that currently mm. on that oh. level like on the trajectory of the internet like are we getting close to the like, end of it are we because like we, the bubble we saw, well we saw the dial up yeah right? and and we're at dial up we're at dial up right yeah. now is what you're saying <laughs> well dial up is where we're at with web3 yes oh yeah i mean i yeah. think i think it's like a 10-year time horizon yeah. um realistically and that's fine right mm -hmm. like you we have a lot of a lot of things to grow and yeah. fix and yeah build still so totally and i think that the nice thing about what happened with like the dot-com boom and bust is it cleared out a lot of the brush right it cleared out a ton of companies that really shouldn't have been companies and a lot of businesses that were actually doing like sketchy and questionable things mm -hmm. to make space for better regulation more efficiency and products that actually like needed the room to bloom and grow and i think that same thing is happening now in web3 where we're clearing out the brush making sure that like regulation can come in properly, businesses are doing the right thing, we're building products for the long haul. Um, so I think we are in like in between the dial up and that boom phase yeah. where I think we're gonna, or sorry, that bust phase where we're going to see a lot more things combust and burn mm -hmm. in web three. Like this is not gonna be the last time you wake up and you're like, the world is over. <laughs> this is an unforeseeable event. Life has changed. I think that's going to happen a bunch a few more, times. more times. Yeah, um, definitely. But we'll get there, I think. And it's also good because then the true builders in the space yeah. have yeah. a little bit more runway and it's more open ocean it, and less clogged. It clears out all the ones, all the bad actors too. And then the ones who are actually here for the right reasons are usually the ones still standing. Yep. And that's one of the things that you know we talk about a lot in the space is like concerns over security and safety and yeah. totally do people hack accounts absolutely mm -hmm. does your wallet get drained that mm -hmm. happens same thing though you know like people used to falsify checks and then they faked your credit card and then they went and pretended to be you and got access to your bank account and then there were all those scams where like all of our parents were giving away their online banking information like to some <laughs> random still like yeah. you get an email it's like should i give them my log no oh, you should not it's so sad right <laughs> and it's the same duped. thing that's and then people are like well my wallet got drained because i put my seed phrase in and i'm like well are you going around tattooing your social <laughs> yeah, you security should. number on your forehead no shouldn't treat it the same right so so I think as awareness improves and we are able to build the systems in place to like dissuade bad actors yeah. from having such an easy time of accessing these things, things will get better. But it's just a learning phase mm -hmm. and it's testing and experimental right now. And that's don't invest more than you can lose. Don't spend more time than you can afford to waste. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Just be smart. I, yeah, that's a good one. I feel this like one this gets is into some deep, deep. Holes. Yeah. Do you have something going on right now? Deep rabbit holes. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Deep There's a personal holes. issue. <laughs> Maybe off camera. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> but yeah, deep rabbit holes. Love that um, for you. This has been amazing. Thank you. We'd love to have you on on a bull market. Yeah. 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 
different or vibes. Actually, once once the brand is picked, yeah. like launched and everything. Oh yeah, it'd so, be fun. Yeah. A little regroup. Yeah, we'll all just be like super caffeinated and energized. <laughs> you <laughs> won't need to listen the, to your podcast at one point five speed. Yeah, yeah it'll we'll be all have good. The margaritas yeah. with your your energy drink. I love it. That'll be amazing. Where can Too everybody good. find you? Uh, Twitter not underscore Maddie underscore, and then on Instagram at Maddie Lieber. Awesome. Everyone, this has been the Decent Humans podcast. Like, subscribe, tune in every Thursday for new episodes, and thanks for watching. Thanks. Peace.